your children well Their father's hell Did slowly go by Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. So good to be with you all. We have had so many wonderful on-point conversations over the last weeks, and you can find them all at IgniteRadioLive.com. We've had Man Up episode where we've had some godly men addressing the edgy questions and challenges. You wives out there in particular who want to get your uh, husbands motivated or the men in your life to address those hard questions, send them there because there's some really good, honest, godly men. And they're not pointing fingers. We're definitely very honest in our story. So that's man up. We've had our seven-week family road trip podcast with two lovely couples who've said yes to living it in their homes. And again, the premise there is all of you who are listening, maybe you're going to Mass very faithfully, praying the rosary, you've got your devotions, your novenas, wonderful. But we really kind of recognize in this culture, particularly today, that the heart of religion and ritual is relationship. And we Catholics, most of us didn't learn how to do that well. So that's really what our mission is all about. If you go to ilovemyfamily.us, you'll see these families share it every week as they committed on a weekly basis to talking and praying in their homes and truly how it just opened everything up and how awesome it was. And it continues, by the way, that is the continued journey. You had that segment. Um, the past two weeks, we had uh, pr- uh, sort of previews from our revival in the park. Prior to George Floyd, we had a strong sense that we Catholics aren't just called to gather, but the essence of that word ecclesia, which means church, is not just together, but to also go. If we have confidence in the power of the Holy Spirit, that we've been fashioned for his indwelling spirit, and people are hurting today, they're beset with frustrations, anxieties, the answer to that is relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no other answer. It's who he made us for himself. We are Imago Dei. We wanted to break out with confidence, and we did this in the park through three nights, very powerful nights of uh, worship and story and uh, outpouring. We shared some of those. Again, you can hear those at Ignite Radio Live. Those would have been the last two segments. And here we are tonight, strongly moved to address, open the door to the consideration of homeschooling. Well, for any who've had their heads in the sand or just were on another planet and just kind of came back to Earth, we've had this thing called COVID. (laughs) And for (laughs) really, yeah, so for all those parents in the past two years, who were like, I could never be under the same roof with my kids for more than 8.3 hours, ever. And they were forced to. And for many, you know, maybe right now you're saying, I made it, uh, I need hazardous duty pay, whatever you're thinking. And to some extent, all of us parents, we know it's a challenge. For a good number, and I bet it's many of you, you've experienced a new awakening, a new delight, a new opportunity. You began to kind of consider, you know, what is best for our children? We want you to really consider the question tonight about homeschool. We're not disparaging any other program or any other thing. If you go into a store and you're choosing a particular product on a shelf, you don't need to disparage the others, but you're going to kind of have some assumptions about what makes one product better than another. And we tonight are among ourselves, for those who are asking the question, have a lot of reservations or doubts about maybe homeschooling following COVID. You know, you know, what are some of these questions and how can we perhaps answer them? So just as sort of a sampling of the questions we want to get to that we know maybe in the queue for some of you asking is, number one, what's this going to do for my relationship if I homeschool with my child? You know, my kids aren't going to listen to me. I have a hard enough time just asking them to put the toilet seat down, whatever the case may be. <laughs> number two, parents, you may be thinking, you know, I lack confidence. I'm not a teacher. I wasn't trained to do that. That's a question, and we're going to answer that. 
number, a number of you may be asking the question, uh, socialization, where will my children learn how to just engage and interact with uh, other children their own age and adults, and that if you will world out there besides the bubble of my home. Socialization, it's another question. Number four, some of you may be asking the question, all right, how does this integrate with those colleges when they're asking me for uh, information, for metrics, indicators that they understand that indicate um, how competent they are, ready they are? That's a great question, and we'll answer that. Number five, uh, maybe mom and dad, you're both working and you're outside the house. Now, we know many more are finding flexible schedules to be at home, but we'll say that's a good question. It's worth us discussing. And I'll say another one, and we will, by the way, uh, please you know, send in your questions. Maybe we'll do a follow-up to greg at massimpact.us. Maybe we'll have a follow-up episode of this where we can ask those questions. But the final one that we think is kind of significant and this is maybe more that uh, soul-searching thing of what do I have to give up as a parent if I'm going to homeschool? You know, I don't want to label it as laziness or selfishness, but let's face it, all of us become accustomed to a kind of way of life. And uh, we don't want to compromise that. We don't want to give it up. Let's just keep it very real and recognize that that is a, a very real reservation or maybe even for some of us listening, a disqualifier. So I'll submit to you as we're going to get to that question tonight also that there's an invitation in all of this to become the best version of ourselves. So to set the stage, really, what is the foundation for all of this? As I kind of gave the example, you go into a store, you want a product, you want to consider, what is the basis of evaluating this? Well, number one, as Christians, we believe that parents, by God's design, are the primary educators of their children. So right out of the gates, it's acknowledged, it's inescapable that you homeschool in that sense. Every school system and situation that you impart your kids to are merely delegates of your primary responsibility. And with responsibility comes accountability. So what they're learning, their character, all that they inherit through that system, it's important for us to recognize that is on us. So in some sense, to have our kids in a system outside of our school, uh, our homes, takes even more energy because we have to kind of understand what's affecting them and how they're being formed because we are responsible. So some quick stats here that are fairly current. Uh, number one, the homeschool educated child scores 50 to 30 percentile points above public school students on standardized academic achievement tests. If you have questions about the advancement, ask any college admissions counselor. They'll give you a clear indication of that. Number two, homeschool students score above average on achievement tests regardless of their parents' level of formal education or their family's household income. So some of us may be thinking, well, it's the wealthier people who do this, or uh, so-and-so, they homeschool because they're a teacher. This indicates that's not the case. Consider the costs. Point three, taxpayers spend an average of $11,700 on each student annually. The average for a homeschool kid is roughly $600 per student annually for their education. And tonight we've got a superstar friend woo, 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 with woo. us, Denise DeRocher, but I like to pronounce it in the French way, DeRocher, but we'll stick with these, Denise DeRocher. She is a family consultant with the Mother of Divine Grace. You could find out more about modg.org, modg.org. It has been Stephanie and my beloved uh, experience with this program that has done wonders for our children, our 
our beautiful six children and one looking on from on high. And I will just say with three of them out of the nest, if you will, just as a primer, um, the three eldest who graduated from high school, all three had the equivalent of full tuition scholarships emerging from this program. All of them mm. have been uh, in, in intense, if you will, academic atmospheres post high school and are excelling. They're doing extremely well. Well, Joseph is always excelling <laughs> where he's kind. at, right? He's at but Damascus. And well, Spiritual okay. Academia. So, but in a sense, Stephanie, would you not agree that the purpose of this is to discover identity Absolutely. and to live it fully and completely? So you're making already a, you're already making a great point though that you know it's not just positioning them in college to get full scholarships and to do well. For those who are listening, yes, Manir, that's a good point. But bigger than that project is who am I in Christ, discovering that and living it fully. And undeniably, Joseph clearly is intellectually curious. He studies, he researches, he's making things happen. He kind of founded this Damascus worship. Check it out on uh, Spotify and all these places. Started the worship context for Catholics. He's been on National Catholic Register, Legatus Magazine. So he was set up and given wings in the sky through parents' cooperation with this program. So I no, I'm, I'm going to push back on you and say, anybody who, who's listening here, and we're going to be edgy here, we like this. This is part of an education experience. You're getting it live, that we can have meaningful dialogue and conversations and critically think about the purposes. So now it's time. Now it's I'm time. so excited to introduce our guest, Denise DeRocher, who is not only, as Greg said, this amazing, wonderful consultant for Mother Divine Grace, but truly just a real guru to us, a sage. I picture a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> mm, Catholic stone. But a that. dear friend, a true disciple, and a, a beautiful sister in Christ that um, I personally have been blessed with, and certainly our whole family and each one of our children. So welcome, Denise. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm a, t- a child of uh, both educators, so kind of grew up with a uh, the, um, I would say, kind of a natural approach to education in the home. They mm. thought they were where where the buck stopped, that they were the ones before the Lord that were going to bring their kids up, even though we went to school. And mm. so um, my sister actually started homeschooling. This is now 20-some years ago, my little sister. And I, it, at that point, homeschooling was pretty pretty unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not like it is today. And, um, we have twin girls, my husband, Ben and I, who is, um, not an educator, but was always somebody who, unlike me, I think I was a little bit more like, what would the neighbors say? Right. <laughs> and what would, my, yeah, what would my friends say? He's, he's not like that. Um, so much. He's like, well, what's the best thing to do here? You know? Mm-hmm. So in that way, and then we went and looked at some Catholic schools, very good teacher orchestrating a classroom of 30 students. And I just was struck by that's not too efficient. 20 years later, we got with Mother Divine Grace. It involved our whole family in a beautiful Catholic formation that neither Ben or I had. He was at that point um, not Catholic. We sort of went along with the kids and reading it. And Mother Divine Grace, it's a beautiful curriculum. Mm -hmm. Um, It catechized us. He did convert to the faith. Beautiful. And and our girls, we were were grateful for that. And and like you said, it's a beautiful, challenging, um, excellent in, in the best way mm-hmm. academic program. So I became a consultant for them about 10, 12 years ago. And that's how I met you, beautiful Schleter family. Yay. And yes, 
So awesome that you are with us, Mm -hmm. Denise. And again, for those who are joining us, you're with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. Our guest is Denise DeRocher. She's a family consultant with the Mother of Divine Grace. It's a homeschooling program. You can find out more on modg.org. And I must state, which is fairly current in the last five months, uh, and Denise, just let's get this stat out there. How, uh, what percent has Mother Divine Grace grown in the last five months? They're 900%, so that's astronomical. Yes, yes, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Denise, I want to just comment quickly. Um, thank you for sharing your beautiful story, uh, yeah. at, at least touching on it. But the word that stuck out to me um, that I encourage our listeners to really pray on as they're listening to this show is openness. You know, you there was a leading, but there there seemed to be with both you and Ben just an openness. Like you weren't like set on this or on that, but you explored and remained open. So I guess I ask our listeners to do just that Mm -hmm. as they're hearing um, Mm -hmm. more of your story and more of the beauty in particular of Mother of Divine Grace, which certainly, you know, this is more of, you know, the name of this episode is bringing it home. Why not homeschool? But um, we, you and I certainly both have a special place in our hearts for Mother of Divine Grace. And I don't think there's a finer um, homeschooling curriculum out there that we've been blessed with that just for us has incorporated the fullness of it all. Certainly there's no perfect anything. Um, but again, listeners, just I encourage you to latch on to that openness that Ben and Denise, you know, had as they were making their decisions. Cause I don't think we had that, um, in our decision early on. So let's, um, let's go into that quickly, Steph, just our personal short mm-hmm. testimony as to why we chose homeschooling and then Mother of Divine Grace having moved to Ohio. And I will just launch that by saying, as our eldest Anne-Marie was born, of course, all parents know that delight. It starts there, right? You know that you're pregnant. It starts there, praying with and for this child, this soul destined for eternity. And you so much want what's best for them. And as we thought about school, I will say it was not uncommon to come out of my mouth, there's no way in H-E-double toothpicks we're going to homeschool <laughs> our kids. Well, let me and fill it wasn't, that in. But it wasn't out of, yeah. I will say this, it wasn't out of... Uh, you know, maybe selfishness or all of that. It was just simply we wanted to impact and be maximally You're engaged my story, in the system. My That's my only dad part because okay. I'm going to be a small footnote uh-huh. in this conversation. No, but no, I wanted to be small effective and impactful as we still do and are, but through the school system. So as Greg said, <laughs> we were not planning on homeschooling ever, period, ever, period. And mm-hmm. um, for us, We were blessed to be very familiar with the homeschooling world, both sides of our families, lots of friends we knew homeschooled, so it wasn't foreign to us. And we saw beautiful examples of homeschooling Mm -hmm. and also not so great examples of homeschooling. So it it was the mixture. So it wasn't like this is awful or this is great. We felt very much we wanted to be, you know, leaven in the world and light of the world. Mm. And we're going to get in there and make that difference. And And we're going to be, you know, certainly that didn't change. But like, that was kind of our naivety, maybe. Our guiding Um, passion. So enter, you know, brick and mortar school, which had some beautiful blessings to it. But it certainly seems like a battle from the get go. And that light of the world and leaven of the worlds, we weren't willing to throw our daughter to the wolves, (laughs) so to speak. Thanks for being honest, because it may not be everybody's case. And for many, it it isn't simply like a negativity, but candidly, in one of the top Catholic school systems, we were experiencing a systematic shadow 
uh, in in the classroom. It was like that whole Pink Floyd song, dark sarcasm in the classroom. <laughs> there Teachers you leave them yeah. kids alone. No, so we did have a pretty pronounced negative dotted experiences that made us recognize. One after the other. But just, yes. And then it was per child, like it was... I'm diving mm-hmm. on your parade. No, it's stuff. okay. But just no, it was okay. We need to consider this. You you tell that story, and just for this child, and just for this year. So you know, Annie, our oldest daughter, Annie, was in there. Um, I think we uh, made it through second grade. First grade was definitely the toughest, and unfortunately, um, some schools who have teachers in there who should have retired a long time ago. Um, unfortunately, this was also um, a religious sister, which made it all the more sad in many ways. Um, and then come Joseph comes along, and he had other needs where he was off the charts bright and was so bored. And so we were kind of experiencing that aspect of it. And because, as I said, we had family members who homeschooled and other friends, Annie was literally begging to be homeschooled. And my cute little motherly answer to her was, oh, honey, we'll pray about it. And if God's calling us, <laughs> you know, like, we want to be open. We weren't being honest. It's good to say that yes. for parents right now who may say, I'm open to it. We stated that. But it wasn't really true. We weren't honest with We ourselves. thought we were, but not really. So certainly not what you explained, Denise, as you were searching and looking and such. And now we were blessed, as a reminder, with six children in seven years. So we were in full-fledged parenting mode and formation mode in that way and three in diapers. And as Annie's third grade year was approaching, my dear, wonderful husband said to me in August, Steph, I really think God is calling us to homeschool. Mm -hmm. Could you pray about it? And I looked at him and I, I think literally my words were, are you high? <laughs> like, what are you, what? You know? And so, yeah. but it hit me enough where I was like, he goes, I really just believe that we need to do this for Annie's soul, for her spirit, for everything. We'll just do it a year, mm-hmm. you know, try it. And he acknowledged also, this falls almost completely on you. So it could never be anything that I would dictate or force. It has to be a prayerful discernment. Mm-hmm. So I feel like at that point was the first time my prayer, our prayer, truly became sincere. Lord, guide this decision. Allow me to be open. Allow us to be open. And in that prayer, what I felt so strongly the Lord saying to me was, you need to submit and I don't mean that in a in a as m- many people might take that as, you know, you know, submissive in a negative way. Your husband wants you to do this, therefore, you know, kowtow. But just prayerfully trust me under, under the, the mission, mission of that was good. Greg. That was we good didn't even practice that. Um, which is under the church, under Christ, and so certainly <laughs> it's a joint thing. And so when we told Annie, she was so excited, but her initial response to us was, how did you know? Like how, like, it wasn't like, yes, I got my way. It was like, how did you know this was God's will? Like, this is awesome. Mm. And <laughs> so, and giving so witness, that was education in itself, right? And, and let me of say something for, yeah. um, I feel like I'm stealing Denise's time. I want to hear from Denise. Oh, but no, let me, no, no. I, I, I'd love to hear this. Um, so for parents out there who say, oh my gosh, I can't even do a worksheet with my kid. Like, how am I supposed to, you know, homeschool all day long? So I remember feeling that a bit with Annie because 
you know, I would help her with her homework and, but I wasn't doing it the way that her teacher showed her or or she, so it was just like this whole mixture. So it did, it was a battle to do homework together. And so I had that experience also. So certainly that was in my mind of, oh my gosh, how is this going to work? How is she going to listen to me? How are we going to get along? I don't want to compromise my mothering of these little ones Mm. running around Mm. either. And so like that was all kind of factoring in. But as soon as I said yes to the spirit in that spirit of openness, it was literally within days that there was such a great sense of peace. Hmm. And it wasn't perfect, but it was like truly a sense of rightness. Like God is in this and I just need to remain open and follow. And our son, Joseph, who was loving school at that time, he was like, you're not homeschooling me, are you? And we're like, no, 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 never. This is just a one-year thing. (laughs) You know, we're going to rebuild so much of what was crushed in Annie and build some confidence and just many different things. Let me say that by Christmas of that year, Joseph was begging to be homeschooled. And not on a negative reason. He just saw the delight and the the culture and the occasion. I just have to, in the timeline of this conversation, Steph, as I encourage you and I speak to the fathers, I I have seen too many fathers who have kind of like been hands off. Hey, you go get it, honey. I'm all about homeschooling and whatever they associate that with. And I'll just use the appropriate word. I've been kind of disgusted by that, you know, dismissive father, you go do it and I'm not involved. Um, I, you know, clearly this has rested substantially on Stephanie, but the, the, um, the quality of a husbandly, fatherly engagement, love, encouragement, asking questions, making opportunities for um, Stephanie to just have time outside in a way is, was absolutely very significant to me. I'll say also a mindfulness that my role, which I really love to assume, was stretching them all the further beyond the curriculum, was to ask questions, to encourage library books, and that they got out and have meaningful conversations. And, you know, some dads, my brother, Nathan, is a professor at Hillsdale, like he's like deep dive, 6 a.m., teaching his kids Latin and all that. Well, God bless you, Nate. I mean, I, that's awesome. And <laughs> Everyone's looks different. <clears throat> and they're awesome kids, impressive kids. So they're very active dads. I just personally was not involved there, but I just have to say strongly, and there goes my computer. So our computer just thought it would imitate our country's civility and it completely <laughs> shut down altogether. Uh, no, it's not true, but there's redemption, there's restoration, and we're going to persevere because we know good things are happening with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and our wonderful guest, Denise DeRocher. Our subject is homeschooling, bringing it home. Why not? Consider it. And uh, you can find out all of our programs at IgniteRadioLive.com. So we're kind of addressing uh, the main issues, and we really want to get to Denise. We kind of are speaking, Steph and I, about our own story, and I'm just going to put her to kind of take us up to present day in this journey of homeschooling with the Schleters. So fast forward, we fell in love um, with homeschooling quite quickly and just decided that that's where the Lord was calling us to um, with each of our children. And we thought through eighth grade and then send them off, right, to high school Mm -hmm. and um, brick and mortar and et cetera, et cetera. Again, kind of not even considering where God was calling us to in that. I hate to admit, but humbly admit, didn't even think about it. It was Mm -hmm. like, yes, we're called to do this through grade school, and here we are. And so um, Annie finished very beautifully, went to high school in Erie, Pennsylvania, we moved to Ohio. And um, here's the fast forward moment. Our circumstances changed that next year. And so we were left with, oh my goodness, 
um, Catholic education is not an option. Our public school, we didn't feel was an option for us. And where are we going with this? Well, shout out to Bob and Jean Weisenberger. Woo woo. Many of our listeners know them and call them friends. But um, they had been using Mother Divine Grace for many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. And here we were again in a situation where it was like, okay, we need to make a decision now. Where's Lord, where are you leading us? And this beautiful conversation, a witness of the Weisenberger family who loves classical education. And I had not heard a whole lot about it, but in particular, the way that Mother of Divine Grace um, flushed it out. Mm. And so it was kind of one of those things of, okay, Lord, we're trusting that you have answered our prayer in this way. And oh my goodness, I could go on and on, but let me just say that praise God for the gift of Mother of Divine Grace for our family. Praise God for Laura mm-hmm. Burquist. Praise God for Denise DeRocher um, and these wonderful people that the Lord has blessed our children's lives with, our lives with. And um, I think it could be summed up by saying this. I believe this, but it's beautiful to hear our children say this. I wish mm-hmm. we would have discovered this early on yes. in our homeschooling yes. worlds yes. because it yes. is so beautiful. And the earlier you start with it, I think the more beautiful and full it is. Um, so we discovered it again going in um, to high school. And so we were able to start our kids, you know, the junior high, middle school, I guess, the younger ones. But just what a gift, and um, I just encourage all of you as we turn the mic over to Denise in a moment here, Mother Divine Grace, check it out, M-O-D-G dot, dot com, org. Dot org. <laughs> I don't want to mess maybe it up. Com also. So folks, I listed some uh, uh, re- uh, objections, if you will, that we all have in the process of making good decisions um, as a basis of evaluating them. We're obviously considering homeschooling and inviting you to prayerfully be open, again, with the goal of forming our children optimally for what? To be fully human, fully alive, for eternal life, to be the best versions of themselves. That's the end in mind. Let's acknowledge right out of the gates that that's going to involve sacrifice. Uh, By virtue of God blessing us with children, let's recognize the sacrifice of the Mass, right? Sacrifice is a good thing. Literally, the word means to make sacred, sacrifice. What a blessing to recognize the gift of sacrifice for the purpose of those whom we love coming to know who they are in Christ and to live it out. So all of this, no matter where you're at, we all know this in life, is going to involve sacrifice and invariably... Yes, faith and reason. It's not unnecessary sacrifice, but in general, in general, sacrifices that are greater tend to produce greater results. We know this with athletes. We know this with business. We know this in many other regards. Many books have been written about this. So don't let the prospect of sacrifice keep us from considering, Lord, what is your will? So number one objection, I Move this, it was number six when I read it, but I'm going to make it number one. Denise, let's speak to that uh, objection of parents who are saying, you know, I'm so used to my time, my space, my vision of my life. I'd go crazy with my kids. Are you kidding me? And the opportunity that, in fact, this may be to becoming a better version of themselves. Well, I think what you said about about relationship is, is certainly true and that ultimately they're I say like there, there is no escape. You're if your kids are gone all, all day long, five days a week. In the end, you're still where the box stops. You're still the one before God that's mm. been given the you know the the job of raising your kids up. That's unavoidable. So how you're going to do that? You need to 
as we've been saying, open your mind to what's the best thing for this child or for, for our children. And prayer, like you said, Stephanie, is is something to be truly open. And it's okay to try it out. Kind of like, we're going to do this, and then there's going to be no turning back. Mm, right. I think a lot of people Great have point. that in their mind. God works slowly. It, it's okay to say, you know, for this year, mm-hmm. we're going to do this, and then things open up or not. So you, you were asking, Greg, specifically there about... Oh, what about what about dying to yourself? It is difficult. The peace you were talking about, Stephanie, being confirmed in the decision and the joy that comes along with homeschooling, it is not every day. There is a lot of struggles that, you know, re- relationships are hard, but there is a deep sense of this is right. And, and it isn't, uh, as we were talking, you know, before the show, it isn't, you know, I'm home with my kids all day. There's often uh, a lot of community around. There's, there's tutoring, I, a lot of tutoring, a lot of sharing uh, gifts, what you were talking about, Greg, with what you do with your kids. I mean, the dinner table is huge that you have time as a family to have dinner table discussions. Mm-hmm. And in our family, you know, Ben's an engineer, so there were certain things he did with the kids, like, you know, a little bit more of math at some mm-hmm. points or scientific experiments and things like that. But but he was our spiritual leader. And, and like I alluded to earlier, he was the one that said, I think this is a good option. Mm-hmm. So go one step at a time. I would say God will God will lead you. And it is the biggest thing we do for our, our children, that decision of how they're going to be educated once they get to that age. I love the title of the show, Why Not Homeschooling? The, there is nothing natural about the institution of it. Mm-hmm. Education, how a person learns is, is age old. And I was struck in, in all the little things that led me to homeschooling by a quote uh, it was by Plato. By education, then I mean the <clears throat> means by which uh, I'm not quoting it perfectly. By which uh, a person learns to love what they should love, and abhor or hate what they should hate. And I so thought good. that's true. You're training their will. Mm-hmm. Sure, these subjects. There's all these subjects and all these you might say boxes you have to check. But in the end, you're you're disciplining their their will, and 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 that means disciplining our own. And that's a hard thing because many of us are like, well, I like to chill for a long time. I need the break. Mm. Um, it is a hard thing. And like you said, Greg, but I think you want to train your, your the, the discipline. Like my, my child won't do a worksheet for me. Well, that's the problem. It's mm-hmm. not one you can run from. That's a that's a struggle in the will and and um, how to do that. So there that that is a hard thing. And. You know, there's many days, Stephanie can attest to this, where I'm like, get me out of here. You know, <laughs> what, what, what I, what, just, it'd be easier if they were in school. Those days will come, yeah. but so will deep days of deep joy and delight mm. to see. And the kids confirm it. I mean, I mm-hmm. uh, we have a similar story, even though to your Annie's, one of our girls um, was, they were in kindergarten. And she said, at first they want to teach me my, ABCs. I already know my ABCs. She's about five. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Then they're going to tell me my numbers. Teach me my numbers. I already know my numbers. One, two, three, four, five, six. Then they're going to tell me all about love. Love, love, love. I already know all about love. And, Age five. So I, I left that room going, you know, I don't know about the love part. We had a long way to go on that. Still do but the other things that sort of struck me, you know, she, she saw something there and not that mm. You know, we're going to do whatever our kids, but that 
worked on me. Like, mm. why at, Why are we doing this? What does an institution mm. and, a, and a school have? And there are many good ones out there, but same thing with classical education. And that's what Mother Divine Grace is, if, if that mm-hmm. connection is made. It's a classical education that studies real history, mm-hmm. um, which the, the in the last 50 years has been taken out of. Um, not all, there are many good Catholic schools that are following the classical mode. Thank God. Praise God. Dismissed, Wonderful. mythologized, reduced, and its icon is Portland, Oregon. Let me just say that. that sorry. <laughs> yeah. that, no, that is a portrait. Yeah. Of a di- Folks, you, you want to disregard classical education or what you may call conservative, which that term doesn't apply. Just the goodness of the human person that objectively there's yeah. a good and a bad. If you're going to disregard those things that are the core of classical education, what you get is a culture and a civilization that looks like Portland, Oregon, or Chap or Chaz or all these other places. I'm not even being disparaging. That is the heart of, if you will, a parentless, yeah. fatherless, uneducated, le- un- unwilling to acknowledge objective truth of the good of the human person society. That's what we got. That's true. And and history, which is his story, it's the story of truth of what's mm-hmm. happened, is uh, was sort of, you know, when I was in school, and that's another thing. I don't know if we've touched on this, but, but Ben and I did not have a classical education or or i would say you know not a real education i i had i thought the world started in 1900 mm-hmm. and i was that's not the truth and we want our kids to know the truth what is the nature of man what is the nature of government which is so mm-hmm. important in these times right. how should a government how should a just man behave in in an unjust government mm-hmm. and and be a citizen first you know of god God's kingdom and then of, of, uh, you know, father law. So balance and all that. And yeah, it's, it's a time for waking up and saying, what are we teaching the children? Denise, this is all so, so good. And I want to just maybe put in front of our listeners an image of a compass. So we've got a wilderness, we've got woods, and uh, analogously, we are equipping our children with this compass that points due north. And we all know what happens when you have magnets around that compass. It pulls that needle in a different connect, uh, direction. So schools, to a significant extent, that compass is their soul, that compass is their conscience, that compass is mm-hmm. sort of their ability to critically evaluate what is around them. Now, what happens if you take a magnet and it's even slightly off of due north? The first two, three steps, not a big deal. Ten steps, maybe even not a big deal. A hundred steps, let's go a year down the road, five years down the road, ten years down the road, and you have the situation that we're in right now. There's been a lack of reverence or regard for the nature of the human person whose compass is meant to point due north for the good of the person. Now, as Catholics, we believe that God designed all this. And as you mm-hmm. uh, adequately, uh, importantly point out that our, our country was founded in this participation in divine law, this nature's participation in divine law, without which it's rendered absurd. I'm throwing a lot of big words out. But for parents, you know, ask the questions. Let's just keep it really honest. Are children emerging from what school systems with an intact compass that is pointing them morally in the right direction? Let me just throw a hardball. If we're disregarding, for instance, sexuality and God designing man and woman in his image, and we're stating secondarily, and this is very pervasive, let's just keep it honest, if they're learning that you know sexual, sexual self-control, and we'll just say virtue, is not uh, a value, Let me just state that again. If we do not value sexual (laughs) self-control, then we've got nothing to say about marital infidelity. 
And we get nothing to say, quite frankly, with that principle about rape. Now, they want to isolate that and only apply it selectively to appease cultural gods, if you will. But as we see that principles do matter, formation in those principles matter. They do have a factor in a healthy wiring for marriage, for family, for culture, for world, for civilization. These things are all woven together, not just for a student's intelligence and getting a job. We're talking about forming children to be adults, to be um, participants in civilization, literally, as Pope John Paul II said, to build a civilization of love, which means kindness. Yes, it means regard and consideration for people's struggles and challenges. It means we acknowledge that we are we struggle each of us with our own, you know, um, you know, our emotions and those sorts of things. But parents are the primary context; their homes are the primary place. Whether they go to a school or not, homes will, are inescapably, incontrovertibly, the primary place where that formation takes place, without which we will continue to see the decline of civilization. Well, and the the whole beauty of classical education, in particular through Mother Divine Grace for us, has been Mm -hmm. the acknowledgement of the, um, like, the formation of thought, right? Like, so how to think properly, that there is an order, Mm -hmm. that it's more than just an accumulation of facts and this, that, and the other thing. And I, I love, I don't know if it's who first said it, but the whole idea of classical education of, you know, beginning in wonder and ending in wisdom, mm, you know, like and that. just mm-hmm. just that rhythm and the order with it. And, you know, it just encompasses so much more. It's a formation of thought, mm. you know, as God designed it, and which, again, is just so beautiful and so good. And to use those you know, with the ultimate end in mind, right? So through to discover one's vocation so that those gifts and skills and virtues are ordered properly mm. to our ultimate becoming saints, folks, right? I, to know and love and serve God here in this world to be with him forever in the next. Folks, I want you to hear, yeah. those who are listening right mm-hmm. now, uh, the excitement. Mm-hmm. The excitement uh, of of knowing our mission as parents that I stated in the beginning to form our children to be the, the best versions of themselves now and through eternity. The excitement, the opportunity that homeschooling Mother of Divine Grace offers for us to be attuned to these beautiful, unique souls and to see those seeds planted and cultivated into excellence. It was so exciting for me to see Anne-Marie emerge with <laughs> such ability, not only in the way she thinks about the world and her writing and her speaking and, and those gifts, and then Joseph with music and the same thing, John Paul starting a podcast, each of them, you know, a long journey, right? And none of us, uh, you know, we all, the beauty is the journey is one of ever greater perfection, but to see them connect with the reason they're on this planet and to cultivate those gifts and this, these building blocks in the home that are a place for that to happen. So I want to go to kind of a second objection. And Denise, you so beautifully in your response to the first one kind of captured almost all these, but I want to focus maybe on some of these other objections that, that parents may have right now. Uh, another big mm-hmm. one is the parent-child relationship. And that's those parents right now who are saying, my goodness, I just spent 15 minutes with my child trying to get them to do their math thing for school. And you want them to be at home with me for me to manage this thing. That's an objection for some moms and dads right now. Let's speak to that. Well, I think um, that some of that is natural, especially as, as children grow, you know, and, and I think um, mother divine grace was, was really important. It's a unique, unique feature of it. And, and Steffi and I have been, blessed to, to share this relationship is that they're, they are assigned a, a mentor. Um, I had one, like I am to you, Stephanie, I had one and, and I could share some of these 
some of these um, tensions and, and get advice and sort of to know that, that, you know, that's natural. And again, mm-hmm. that there's no way around that learning um, is, is pleasant by nature. Mm-hmm. Children want to learn working out those things. I think listening to their, their heart instead of what they're saying. I mean, a teen will say, well, I don't want you to hug me. <laughs> and do they really mean that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, filtering or figuring out, where that is also i think um mother divine grace uh has helped me a lot a lot philosophically with understanding that you want to encourage your child study your child what do they need before god what do they need um often it's a little bit of pressure but do not do, do not push them to the point reading them no one does that better than mm. than your child and i'm sorry than than you as a couple and sort of so i would say points where your and mother divine grace again is is set up for this where you reflect at certain points how is it going mm-hmm. what what's going on with this child what do they need well well they need to to um we need to do less so they can do it um, better mm-hmm. that, you know, this, we didn't focus on this last year. So, so really taking, you know, time to, to reflect, um, not just going from one day to the next, like, you know, there's so much out there now it's overwhelming. I love to, to look at curriculums. And so you can, it's sort of, I think picking something and, and being guided, Greg, being guided, being opening yourself up to not, not, you know, um, lightly, but to where can I find help and trusting that the Lord will, will lead you. And that, uh, you know, as, as a couple, you will keep discerning, um, what's going on with this child. Like mm-hmm. there, and some students have real concerns, you know, like right. they they have a lot of that attention disorder. If somebody coming home, home after being in a classroom, that's a big change. So, so taking a step back with the help of a, of a mentor, if you can, or some, I, I think that's, whether it's your mother or Joanne Grace or someone else, you need, you need help. Uh, you know, we all do. Right. You can't do, can't right. do this alone. And. Right. And I think just being straight up, you know, with, there will be challenges There are challenges mm-hmm. in everything, mm-hmm. but what yeah. the Lord calls you to, he provides for. And so yes. I remember, um, my oldest sibling and his family, who were a beautiful example of homeschooling, I remember my sister-in-law saying, you know, just because there's a challenge in there, or there's, you know, this thing that happens, that doesn't mean you throw in the towel, oh, we must not be meant to homeschool, mm, God must not point. be calling me to homeschool because of this, this, or this. No, it's like, okay, where is the Lord in this? This is where He has me right now, you know, for this year, right? It's Because it is a constant discernment, or should be, um, for many people and like how what is the lord wanting to do with me <laughs> mm-hmm. as parents how is the lord wanting me to help form this child that he has entrusted me with through this beautiful opportunity and gift of homeschooling not oh my gosh you know this is a challenge therefore you know and and i love how you're speaking of individualization um our daughter Catherine struggled so much learning how to read mm-hmm. and we did send our kids to kindergarten at our local parish school and so um and again each of them are so different for Catherine, learning was a real challenge initially. And I remember, you know, even sitting down while she was in brick and mortar, you know, practicing her sight words or, or reading with her. And 
um, she was already being labeled, which was, in my opinion, so unfair and so not right. Mm -hmm. She, you know, it just took her longer to do things. And I remember sitting in a chair in front of our fireplace back in Erie, Pennsylvania. And when we'd open the book or she'd turn the page, and I just remember that cringe feeling of, oh my gosh, there are how many words on this page that we need to get through? And I just wanted to cry, you know, but it was, but that was my real raw feeling. And it's like, okay, I'm going to help her and I'm going to, I have this extra time with her and, you know, trying to see some of the more positive things in it. But let me say this, I look at homeschooling and it's been a gift across the board for our family. But in particular, I could point out for Catherine, who is now, you know, off the charts in so many ways as a student and amazing and loves to read. And I feel like if we would have kept her where she was at, she would have Mm. been labeled. She would have believed the things that, you know, she was experiencing in the environment around her that was telling her who her identity was and what she couldn't do and what, you know, it took her this amount of time to do. Homeschooling for her in our environment allowed her to flourish and to become you know, that person, that little soul that God, you know, wanted her to be. And it was through a lot of challenge and it was through a lot of perseverance and it was through a lot of tears. But my goodness, she, you know, in particular articulates so well and so often the gift that being at home learning has been to her and is very grateful for it. So folks here tune into Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. And you can get all our podcasts at IgniteRadioLive.com. We're discussing with Denise DeRocher from the Mother of Divine Grace Homeschooling Curriculum Program at MODG.org. We're blessed to be talking about homeschooling, uh, particularly, you know, bringing it home. Why not consider homeschool? Just want to emphasize through this, if you have questions, if you want some personal connection on this, Don't hesitate to email us, greg at massimpact.us, greg at massimpact.us. And you're also hearing the signs and sounds and ambience of homeschooling as we're actually in our home. If you hear dogs barking and chimes chiming and all that fun stuff. And that's part of the beauty of all this. So we're going through sort of some some objections. We talked about that first one of many of us have resistance because of our own life and our personal space and vision. No easy answer, but the idea that God is offering us something. He's offering us as parents to consider, um, if you will, a vision and an image of our own lives in relationship to him and our own excellence and in our own homes. We talked about the parent-child relationship, you know, that objection of, I can't do this. And which of us didn't experience this who weren't homeschooling uh, two weeks into COVID. You could see uh, Facebook space lighting up with, well, I hope that uh, the government hands out, I don't know, hazardous duty payers, mental, psychological mental counseling, health. mental <laughs> health you know, payments, because I'm home with my kids all the time. You know, so that was even just that alone was, I think, maybe a wake up call for many of us to consider have these muscles, these parental muscles that God gave me atrophied and now being with my children, am I discovering critical things and have I wrongly maybe assigned the responsibility of that to the system? To somebody besides me, maybe that alone is a challenge to some of us to consider. Where is that arrow pointing? Are we handing off our kids to systems to do what we're primarily responsible to do? And by the way, most capable of doing is just a bit of a challenge. And in the midst of this, again, can't state it strong enough. We're a community. 
Hmm. We're a community on a journey facing these challenges, facing these struggles. There's never been a greater opportunity to feel connected, to feel supported, to uh, share difficult things, to journey step by step together, to create, if you will, a civilization of love. I think we've addressed the objection of parents maybe lacking confidence um, or formation in training. Again, in just the sense that we've got a community, Mother of Divine Grace, as an amazing context. Denise here, who is our guest, is a, um, uh, a mentor to Stephanie and support. Let's bring up the question of socialization. We hear it said often, you know, I can give testimony to the fact if you think my kids lack socialization, just do a search on any of their names on any platform and you'll see how they speak, how they interact, the things that they're doing, um, you know, to di- if you will, discredit that, compare them, I'm just going to say, with other kids their age and their ability to look an adult in the eye, shake their hand, have a meaningful conversation with them, be engaged in drama, in sports, and everything else outside our home. I'm just punctuating from the Schleter family standpoint, we are extremely blessed at the degree to which they've known themselves and come into place of conversation, relationship with others. But let me just stop monologuing on that. And Stephanie and Denise, what are your thoughts on the question of socialization and homeschooling? Denise, why don't you define that word for us first? Just from what I'm, I've heard, that seems to be like the main objection or the last thing or the hmm. first thing that comes to their mind. The question has to be asked, well, well what, what does that mean? I think you, you got at it right there, Greg, with, you know, can they carry on a conversation? It can come from, that's how I was socialized or that it worked for me. The school system worked for me. It's what we're used to. I think a lot of parents out there could, could attest that that's, you know, not certainly not all positive and more and more. Right. It's uh, not, not positive. But um, I think, yeah, the, we certainly want our kids to have good friends and that's sometimes where, where they need to have them. But I, I also think the socialization objection comes primarily from the, that's a picture of me and the kids home all day with maybe the shades pulled and they're in their pajamas. Homeschooling is more efficient. Kids spend often less um, time getting done the, the things that you want them to do to move along in the, the various subjects. And then they have time for real relationships. I mean, that's what, mm-hmm. that's what we found in, in our family. When I have my old friends will meet me, they'll say, but you loved school. You were like so social. And I am. And I, you know, or they're not going to have a prom and they're not going to have. So not that those things are bad. A lot of homeschool communities try to replicate those. Not hopefully not just because they're trying to replicate the school system, but because, because increasingly as kids become, you know, older, I would say middle school and here, they need good friends. And there's a lot of joy they have and playing music together and dancing mm-hmm. together and having great conversations. All those things are possible and potentially even, I, I would say, better in the homeschool community and very much a part of the, the word home, mm-hmm. home in schooling. And I know your family is a beautiful example of what you shared about in your discernment, like they're going to be light out there. That a lot of people have that too. Like I want to share my kids and homeschooling means I'm not going to share them well, you, that is not, to, again, to think that that's the only way you could share them is by putting them, and like Greg, you were saying, increasingly in a very hostile, in terms of like, what is the human person and, uh, you know, sexuality issues. Families do this successfully. They have a very strong family life and, and strong morals and good 
and their kids go through the school system and get it and they have to undo a lot of that. You're why yeah. why invest yeah. your They're time outgunned. in working against that right. when there's other ways to share your family. And I would say kids too, their their your formate their formation is what you're thinking of. You be light to the world as a family, not like throw your kids out there to the wolves. Right. In a right. lot of cases. Yeah, absolutely. Not always. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say, dare I say, in most cases, I mean, we know families yeah. who struggle in, you know, with that battle of trying to undo, it, it is, it's a fighting against, and to boot, they're paying thousands of dollars <laughs> for it yeah. in many cases, and just the heartache that comes from it. But, you know, some of them will say, well, we can't raise our kids in a bubble. Well, it's not a bubble, but it is a formation, and they'll be out in that world soon enough. And, you know, there are so many ways, um, like I like how you touched on that negative socialization, if you will, or, you know, how much mm -hmm. time is really spent in true socialization. You know, you have some of the lunchtime things, which for many kids is a dreaded experience. <laughs> you know, some of the interactions, etc. even with teachers. Um, for us, too, something that was vital in our, our discernment was Greg would always say, I don't want them to be inoculated against what true Catholicism is, because most schools, unfortunately, don't give um, a great witness, or many schools, of what it means to be truly Catholic, and stuff is watered down, and stuff becomes social justice purely. And, you know, those, those are a ton of different topics that we could go into. But that, too, was a piece for us. Like, we want to give them a fully vibrant, true, good, and beautiful— And attainable. And attainable um, example and witness of— Catholicism. And as parents, that's our responsibility. So, and again, we see so many families kind of fighting that culture, you know, yeah. they're, they're learning something or trying to, you know, be raised in one thing and you send them off and they're getting something completely different. And a crucifix on the wall doesn't diminish the, the lack of truth that they're hearing um, and experiencing because no, everybody's afraid to offend somebody and, you know, everything is acceptable except the truth. Right. And, you know, Yes. Again, we can go on and on in that way. I love um, the opportunities that we've been given too. if you want to call it socialization. We just like to refer to it as formation. But our kids have been blessed with being able to participate um, sports, in sports, drama. in dramas. And, you Faith. know, we're blessed. St. Joan of Arc, shout out to Father Adam Hertzfeld, our dear, wonderful pastor, who they there are so um, welcoming to homeschooling families in every realm, and that it, it is a, a valid choice of education right alongside the parochial school there. So that has been a positive influence. Just an icon on this, too. Uh, God bless uh, little connections of homeschooling families and parents. I do think that's important. We didn't really avail ourselves to that. We kind of really plugged in vitally to kids who were in brick and mortar schools, just as an example. And Joseph and John Paul in early high school said, we're going to do our own weekly thing. We're going to call it live it gathering. Lit is what they called it. They initiated, led, organized in our home every single week, practically gatherings of kids. At times, uh, 50, 60 kids would be in our house um, and it was a phenomenal opportunity to build relationships. It was faith-centric. Um, a number of kids would point to those experiences that they led as occasions of encountering Christ and living it fully and abundantly. It was uh, just a marvelous fabric 
um, for them in their leadership, in living out their faith, and connecting socially with others. So one more objection that maybe parents may have, and again, we encourage you parents who are interested in listening, please contact us, greg at massimpact.us. We want to continue this conversation. Um, Know that there's support, there's encouragement, those steps that you're afraid of. uh, If God calls you to, he will provide for it, and it will be a phenomenal experience, 5, 10, 20 years through eternity, which is awesome. Got to say that. One objection, again, that I think remains from the parents is, how does homeschooling integrate or tie into with credibility to colleges? Well, I can say in the years I've been consulting, I maybe work with, I am counted 50 families. I, I've never had um, a, a college that, you know, come across a college that wouldn't take a homeschooling transcript. One of the beautiful things that um, that we love too about Mother Divine Grace is that they do keep transcripts for you. It is an official, yes. accountable, um, recognized transcript from yes. a certified institution. And I would say schools by and large are going after homeschoolers. Does, does that answer the question? Yes, I'm absolutely. Not. Just kind yes. of punctuating that there's no concerns here whatsoever. So folks, as you're listening, we know we're going to need another program where we really unpack the beauty of the philosophy behind Mother of Divine Grace, Laura Burquist's mm. vision, and, and really what that entails practically. But do know and hear me punctuate, there is a curriculum, there are teachers, there's uh, accountabilities and standards, there's encouragement as you're hearing us tonight with our wonderful family consultant, Denise, you know, discuss this journey. For us, it's been seven awesome years of doing this. Um, Yes, there's a cost involved, there's a bit of nuts and bolts, and again, you can find out your detailed questions at modg.org, and you can even see there the letter from Laura Burquist and others. But we've been very blessed to at least open the door for those of you tonight who came here wanting and asking the question, you know, should I consider homeschooling? What are some of my objections? And uh, if nothing else, I just kind of leave you with this, you know, fundamental question that we all ought to have as parents is, Lord, what is your will? It's the ultimate Mm -hmm. question of every person coming before God. Lord, what do you desire? And then let me pronounce because what, what he desires, he will provide for. So don't be afraid to ask that question. And it's hard to explain to those who haven't experienced it with all these objections, but that itself may be one of the most powerful things that we pass along to our children, that we face doubts, fears, reservations, awkwardness. We had the courage to ask the question, Lord, what is your will? And to bequeath to our children that legacy of faith that we did it and they saw month after month, year after year, that it really just happened and the blessing that it was as a result. In the midst of the struggles, the challenges, the fears, the doubts, in this generation, I just ask us and maybe uh, land it with this tonight. Do we not see with the culture, with everything happening around us, a greater need to maybe say, Lord, what are you doing? What is my role uh, in relationship to you as a couple, as a family? What is your design of this tremendous context that you give us as an occasion of forming us for eternal life? So blessed to have you all with us here tonight on Ignite Radio Live. And again, send in all your questions and thoughts to greg at massimpact.us. We would love to get back to you, and we do hope to have a uh, follow-up program very soon. Thanks so much for being with us, Denise. You've been really amazing. God bless you all, and know of our love and prayers. Mm -hmm.